teacher of good things. And I started thinking whenever I was studying this, and this is some things that I wrote down. And the Lord changed my heart right at the last minute this afternoon. But I started putting statistical information about why we need to be a teacher of good things. So I started thinking that I started getting statistics of um, sexual intercourse early and about um, illegal drug use early, and it would surprise you, those numbers. And then also um, being something besides heterosexual, the different sexualities is just terrible, but it will blow your mind away how much, how prominent that is. And as early as they start having tendencies as 12, I guess puberty is terrible. But anyway, I started studying that, and I thought, you know, why don't we get down to the nitty-gritty and really, we all know that. We can say that, and yeah, we need to keep our children from that. We all know that's a no-brainer. Yes, we need to keep our children from, from um, those things. It's very clear in the scriptures that those are wicked, those are not right, that you need to keep your children away from uh, fornication and that you need to keep your children away from alcohol and drugs. Those are no-brainers. But what about if you get to being a teacher of good things with being like it says in Romans chapter 1, a whisper, and not talking about people negatively. What about um, being a bite, backbiter or um, have, being jealous or all those that's mentioned in Romans 1, we're not going to turn, turn to that for sake of time, but if you read in Romans, it talks about that and that uh, having um, affections that's not normal. And then it goes on and talks about in the same chapter these other things that the Lord puts in the same category that you're not supposed to do. And so why should we be a, t a teacher of good things? It's because we need to teach our children not to be disrespectful. We're in a day of rebellion. My goodness, look at all the rebellion. And the reason why, honestly, I was oblivious to this. And whenever Madeline went to take uh, classes at the college, it blew me away some of the stuff she came home and told me that had changed since I was in college, things that's going on that even I didn't see in a university setting. I mean, I know I'm getting older, but I mean, it's just, you know, 20 years to me is not that big of a time. I guess the older you get, the t more time flies. But she was talking about the rebellion and that students, I know you as teachers can attest to this, that students openly rebuking teachers and th saying things disrespectful in the classroom now, I know it's more prevalent like when you're going to community college because they have more freedom, but years ago we would never have overspoken to a teacher out of rebellion. You see so much rebellion. And then children, even in my children, I think, and I tell them, I would have never done that to my mama. And, they're, and I, I tell them, you know, that's why I take things away and, and disre out of disrespect and different things. That's one thing I will not tolerate, and I've told the girls that. I will not tolerate disrespect. Tell them, if you want to get you a job want, and move out and be disrespectful, you know, and, and then you can. But when you're in our roof and we're paying for everything, you're going to respect us, your mother and father. So that's one big thing with us is, is respect. But rebellion and disrespect and also um, profanity, that the language is just terrible. And I think, you know, the profanity with our media and with our television shows are just so open, but yet... Even in the classrooms, I know Madeline was talking about that the teachers are using profanity. That I don't even remember that when my college professors at UNCG, this is a, I went to a very liberal college, but I cannot remember not one time any of my teachers saying any profanity whenever they were teaching a class. And so that's new. It's just so many of these different things and that we need to step up as teachers of good things. 
We may not have children. It may be with our grandchildren. It may be with some of our students. Some of you are teachers. But I just want to be an encouragement for all of us that to just encourage us to be a teacher of good things and to step up to the plate. Just a reminder how important every day of our life is. And so in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, this is very... This is uh, very well known that you should all know what I'm talking about here, Titus chapter 2. And that have any of you studied the teacher of good things in Titus chapter 2? The Apostle Paul, it's a really good study. The Apostle Paul was talking to Titus, and he was one of these preacher boys. And he was telling him, said, this is what you need to do inside the church. He said that he's talking about the aged men, what they needed to have, and also with the aged women, in verse 3, it says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior, as becometh, holy, becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. So that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So I just started thinking about that one little phrase teachers of good things so I started thinking what does it mean to teach I mean all of us if you're um, do anything at all you're a teacher I mean even if you don't have children you're a teacher even if you're not a school teacher you can be, teach someone you can teach Sunday school there's all different kind of categories if you are a teacher and so to uh, be a teacher is to instruct 1828 says to instruct to inform to communicate to another the knowledge of that of which he was before ignorant of. So if you're a teacher, you're teaching what you were once ignorant of and that now that you have the knowledge of. So isn't that a good definition? Because that's so true that if you're ignorant, how can you teach if you don't know of the subject? And so a teacher of good things is someone that who has learned from experience and from the Lord and that they pass that on to others. So like I said, we can all be teachers of good things. We should desire to be a mentor to others and that we are a teacher. If you're a mother, I would say that is priority in your life above being a teacher at school or anywhere is that you are a teacher to your babies. My children will be, always be called my babies. Madeline is 17. I cannot believe that, but she is still my baby. And so whenever you have children, if you're a mother, that is, should be your number one priority to train and teach those children. So many times we, we um, give the people around us all the energy and thoughts that we leave the scraps to our children. Is that not so many times the truth? And that through our day, even if it's just being at home and doing things, you, you give your time to everything else, and then your children beg for your attention. You're like, oh, I'm just so tired. Just a minute. Can you go over there and watch TV? How many times do people do that now? And some, we all have done that because you're tired. Okay, just go watch your iPad. And that's the normal a lot of times. But we need to remember that we only have our children but a short period of time. Short, short time. And I can honestly say that now with Madeline being 17. Like this, we were missions. And Madeline was looking at pictures when she was a baby. And I was like, oh, look how cute you were. And Madeline was like, oh, I was cute. And Olivia was like, ugh. But it seems like yesterday I was just kissing on those little fat cheeks. And she's 17, Miss Stone, she's 17. You know, I mean, your babies, they grow up so fast. Time gets faster and faster and faster. So we have to take our time each and every day. And I've spoke about that before, that our time is valuable. Each and every day we have to remind ourselves that our time is valuable. But that 
us as mothers that we have such an important job and that we are training adults and that it's not anybody else's responsibility to train Madeline, Olivia, and Victoria. It's mine. It's not the school teacher's responsibility. Thankful for good school teachers, but we are supposed to train them. And so that's the problem is so many of our kids, so many of our kids, whenever they get home, their parents are just shoving them, oh, I'm tired. You look at your iPad. You look at your TV. I'm tired. You know, they've had to work, and I understand they're tired. But the only uh, lessons or mentorship they have is from those school teachers. And when they get home, they're not getting any. And I understand that the parents are tired, but that is our number one thing, and that through our day, whenever we get that time with that child, this is my time to shine. This is my time to influence or do something to my baby today to, to teach them. Or grandchildren, whenever you're with your grandbabies, that's your time to, to put into that child to mold them because you're molding them. Because I have seen so much of how they, we'll talk about that later, how they're molded by us. But anyway, even if you're a sister, you can be a teacher of good things. Being a sister, being a wife, being a Sunday school teacher, oh my goodness, look at the influences you can have being a Sunday school teacher. Being a school teacher, being a teenager, being a teenager, I tell Madeline Olivia, look at the little ones looking at you. You are an example. You are a teacher to them. You can be a teacher of good things or a teacher of bad things. You need to remember that. And, I think, and so I'm thankful that they take that serious, that there's the little ones that are look up to them and that they try to mimic them and try to play them because they look up to them. And so the greatest example of a teacher, though, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Would y'all not agree with me that the Lord Jesus, he was a wonderful teacher. If you read about in the Gospels, it talks about the disciples called him teacher, my teacher, because they looked up to him. They were, and they um, used his life as their role model, and they respected him. They gave, he gained their respect and said, what a teacher the Lord was. In John chapter 7, verse 16, it says, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. And so... Looking at that, how can we be teachers of good things? Now, we talked about in Titus, and it, just briefly, this is where that phrase comes from, is that the teacher of good things, that it talks about how the, the ways that we could be a teacher of good things, but how are we to be, how do we get to that point to where we're a teacher of good things and not a teacher of bad things? And so we're going to look at the Bible and see what it says about teaching our children and others the good things. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and this is another favorite of mine. I know Miss Shara, she enjoys this too. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I've stated this many times, but I saw different things this time. And that's the reason why I'm going to speak on it, because in my personal time with the Lord one morning, this just came out to me, just, speak, just reading my devotional time, that I, something I'd never seen before. But we'll read this, starting in chapter 1 through verse 19. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it, that thou mightest, mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, that thou, that thou and thy son and thy son's son and all the days of their life, that, they may, that thy days may be prolonged. So that's many generations. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of your, thy fathers promised thee, and the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is at one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, 
and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When thou, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they, they shall be as the frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the points of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which thou swear unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. And when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt dwell by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. The Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as tempted he in Messiah, Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he had commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that, it may goest, that thou mayest goest and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee as the Lord thy God had spoken. So what it's saying is, is the background of this is that they've just got the Ten Commandments, and the Lord was telling the Israelites, I mean, Moses was telling the Israelites, the Lord was speaking to Moses and saying, these are the things that you need to remember, that you need to rise and fall, and everywhere you go, you need to remember these commandments that we have given you, the commandments of the Lord. And so even the Jewish custom now, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there is what's called a mazuah. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. But have any of you ever heard of that? It's a box. And so Jewish custom, they are still looking for their Messiah. And so what they would do, they still had this Mazua box, and they put it actually at their doorpost. So they are literally putting boxes with the Ten Commandments at their doorpost. They're putting it um, different places in their home because they would go by it and pray or go by it and say, we're going to keep their commandments. And so they're doing that out of repetition, out of their religion to have works Things that that's going to help them to have those, um, those good works and be able to go to heaven. So they still do that. And actually, whenever I was reading about that, that whenever they sell a home, that if there's a Gentile family coming in, they take all those mazuas off because it will not be respected because that is they do not worship the same God. So, or they're not looking for the coming of Messiah. So, but the, if it is a Jewish family, they will leave it up so they'll respect that Jewish custom. And so to them, that is a very real thing. So they take it literal that they show their children the mazua and that it's got different, um, different types of scripture, different types of things on the outside to remind them. And then you just open a little box and it's got the Ten Commandments in it. And so they're worshiping. They still rely on the law and not of grace. And that's what... And so they are still doing that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about as whenever we look at the commandments of the Lord and that the commandments of the Lord is this, the word of God, and that we should at our going to bed or rising up, we should have the scriptures in our heart at all times. How are we going to be a teacher of good things 
if we are not constantly going back to the scriptures because there's nothing good within us. So we don't have to touch and pray to a box, do we? Or go through the Ten Commandments and think, oh, just, you know, because we fail the Ten Commandments every day. And if you don't say it out loud, you still do. So, so thankful for the grace of the Lord with that. And that we, it's not by works but by grace that we're saved. But anyway, when you go back to verse 6, shall be in thine heart. So whenever you think about these commandments and that you're supposed to keep them with all your heart, but they have to be in your heart. So for number one, but to be a teacher of good things, first thing is you have to have the Lord in your heart. And there's a difference between having the Lord in your heart and having a relationship with the Lord. That's every day. The preacher preached about this Wednesday night, last night. It was so good. The Lord really spoke to my heart because that is so true. I try to tell the teenage girls, me and Miss Vicky do numerous times that often that you have to walk in the Spirit because it's not normal for us to be good or do good things. There's no, no, no good thing in us, not at all, the Scripture says. The only thing good within us is the Lord, and so we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Scripture says, each and every day. So number one, we shall instruct, we should, we are to instruct the word, excuse me. And that number one, what I talked about firstly is that we need, we need to prepare our hearts each and every day. But we are to instruct the word. Teach them diligently unto thy children, it says in verse 7. So I started thinking about different ones that I think really trained and taught the word as much as they could during the time they had. And that's Jochebed was one of them I thought about. And I love studying about Jochebed because she just had a short period of time, but look at the influence she had on Moses and that he went back to that training, as Proverbs 22, 6 says. He went back to the training that he had, and probably she had him up to age 5 because of weaning back and during that time that they usually breastfed up to that time. And so during that time, though, she had and she took advantage, I'm sure, each and every day because she didn't know whenever the first come and get him. And so she took available each and every time, and we need to instruct our children in the word, that we need to, we need to teach our children each and every day out of the scripture. And so I would encourage you to get devotional books, even if it's not just your children talking about it. If you don't have children yet, think about things later and prepare your hearts. And even if it's your grandchildren, we can all use this for our knowledge to be, to, to be a help, is that whenever you're with your Grandchildren, I know I was thinking about one in particular, this lady that goes to Northwood, and, and her grandchildren, they live in Boston. And she doesn't get to see them very often, but they don't go to church. And she talked to me about how broken she is that you know, her family, that her grandkids are not being raised in church like she raised her children. And she said, so when she goes to see her grandchildren, that she spends every minute, she said, and I believed it with her, she said that she teaches them songs, and she says, I show them scriptures, and I try to memorize all the scriptures she can to put, to hide the word of God in their little hearts, what little time that she has with them. And she said one thing that blessed her heart was whenever she left, that the children were singing some of the Bible songs to their mom and daddy. Because, and she was just praying that that would make an influence to their children. So you never know what that grandmother's impact is on that family, even though so all the time we can. And we know we're tired some days, but we have to train our children the way they should go. And number two, we are to illustrate the word. Proverbs chapter 30, 31, excuse me, verses 27 and 28. says, when thou sittest in thine, well, this is talking about in verse 7, excuse me, well, Proverbs chapter 31, verse uh, 27, 28. I didn't put that down. Let me, I'll have to turn to it. And I've got a new Bible, so just bear with me. Proverbs 
anybody's got it, somebody read it for me. Proverbs 31, and this is, of course, the, the virtuous woman. To illustrate the word. Somebody have it? So when you illustrate the word, it's going to be seen because you're illustrating it. That's what we need to do because we don't realize those little eyes are watching us all the time. And I know that I was, this first seven says, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So that's all the time you think, that is wearing me out thinking about that. But we just have to remember, give, let the Lord give you the strength that you need every day. That um, I remember whenever my kids were smaller, I was, uh, by the end of the day, I was just so wore out, picking up toys, and you're wiping mouths, and you're, you're changing their bottoms and things. But now looking back, I wish I could go to back, back to that sometimes. Not all the time. It's not bad enough to have more children, babies. But anyway, but you're wore out physically, are you not? It wears you out. But you are still training those babies because whenever you come into church, even though you think, I'm wasting my time. How many of you have thought about that when you come in and you have a baby? And you think, all I'm doing is sitting in the nursery or all I'm doing is breastfeeding, sitting in the back of the church in the room. Because whenever Madeline, whenever I had her, we were in missions. And so Jonathan, it, well, all through all three of my children, my husband never helped me. I mean, because for one thing, I nursed. And the other thing is because usually he was preaching. So I remember thinking at one time, I was in the basement of a church, and a church I didn't know of, and I was sitting there feeding Madeline. And they actually had um, where I could listen to the sermon, which was a blessing, because not always in every church that was available. And I remember thinking, I am wasting my time doing this, and that we're traveling everywhere. And I'm just sitting here with Madeline. I never get to hear preaching. I was having a big pity party. I mean, I might as well had a three-layer cake because I was having a huge pity party. And then I looked down at Madeline eating, and she looked up at me and grinned. And I thought, I've got her in the right place because the Lord honors sacrifice and that he honors that, that you, your faithfulness. And so whenever you come to that point when you have those babies, if you hadn't already or if you've got some now, you have to remember that you have to, you have to do what you have to be faithful. And you're teaching your children, even if they don't even know, they don't remember. You are teaching your family's faithfulness. The Lord will bless and honor you for that. And that even those times where I, that was a dry spell for me spiritually, but you step up and you listen to podcasts, which was not ready, ready, uh, readily available to me at that time, but I would listen to CDs. So you do what you got to do to and encourage yourself spiritually in the Lord. And then you bring your children to church and be faithful. Because I've, he I've heard many, that's the number one thing that young mothers have to deal with is that they are discouraged because how many times they cannot be involved in the service. But you are involved because you've got those babies in the right place and you are teaching them. You are doing the right thing. It's right. It's not right to stay at home because you're discouraged. It's not biblical. The right thing is because your first priority is the Lord. You love them. So does that mean that you stay at home because you're discouraged? No. You go because this is the right thing to do, that you go and you, you're faithful. If you have smaller children looking, then you go faithful even if, I know whenever, Olivia, whenever she was a baby, when we first came to the church, I would sit in the back, that back pew. We had the nursery back here in the back at that time, and then I was trying to train Madeline. 
And so when I have to go back there, Michael will have to go with me, and then I would, because Jonathan was preaching. And so, and then some, whenever she got a little bit older, I would take Victor, Olivia out and, and, you know, discipline her, then bring her back in, and sometimes I'd have to do that over and over and over. You'd think she would have learned it, but I'd have to do it repeatedly up to five times. I remember one time in the service, five different times. And so, but Madeline would just look and be there goes Olivia again, getting away, you know, getting in trouble, you know. But, but I tried to stay consistent. Yeah, it was hard, but I was training my children. I was training Madeline. No, even her, you act like this, you're going out too. So I was training her too. So they watch you. And even whenever I was looking at Madeline, I was holding her and feeding her. And I, the Lord spoke to my heart that you are in the right place. You're doing right. I will feed you if you allow me to. And he did. He sustained me. He helped me. And even the small ex, uh, times that I would read the scripture, it seemed like the Lord would help me because I was praying, I said, Lord, Lord, please help me in between the babies crying and things. The Lord is faithful. He will help you and give you what you need. But be that example. We are to be example just like Jesus did in John chapter 13. Um, we're not going to go over that, but John chapter 13 where he washed the disciples' feet. That was an example of being a servant and that we need to serve other people and that um, those disciples watched him. Don't you think whenever the Lord was on the cross and that after they all denied him and after all they, when they, they left the Lord that they remembered the last thing they probably recalled was that, that the Lord was washing their dirty feet from the day? The Lord did that purposefully, that he wanted them to recall him being a servant to them. And he was showing them by example. Anybody could have done that. That was a servant's job. But no, he chose to um, put up his robe and guard his robe up and serve those disciples because he didn't want somebody else to do it. He wanted to teach them. And so that's what we need to do. We don't need to let other people teach. There's lots of other people can teach your children and also other people. But the Lord, but you need to teach your own children. They're your children. They're watching you. Oh my goodness. If you've got children, you get attest to this. They are watching you. Victoria, I'll give you an example. So here for, it's been several months ago, I got on this kick saying, I'm not the maid. Because I'll tell the girls, I'm like, I'm not your maid. Pick up your shoes. I'm not the maid around here. And I would get on this rant about this. You know, I'm not the maid around here. Do I look like a maid? Do I have an apron on? And, I would, and so Victoria started fighting with her sisters. And I heard her one day say, I'm not your maid, Olivia. And I thought, ooh, she heard that from me. And they do. They pick up on stuff. And also, like, they cannot stand for me and Jonathan to fight. Like, we got in a little argument the other night. Well, actually, I was about to praise the Lord up here. Because whenever the preacher was talking about some things that that he was going through, because I was like, I knew it, I knew it. But he just doesn't talk, and so he just does not communicate well, bless his heart. If he would, I would try to help him more. But anyway, I looked over at Matt, and I was like, you know, like, because I told the girls, your daddy's going through a hard time, we don't know, but we need to pray for him. I told him Monday morning, I said, I know daddy's battling something, because whenever you're a preacher, a man of God, there is opposition, and it is real. Even in my life that I've seen, especially on Mondays, I don't know what it is, but a man of God, you can attest this probably, Miss Carla. There is opposition. It's hard on them. They get discouraged and down. I mean, like really, Jonathan was really low Monday. 
So I told the girls, you tell your girl, you tell your daddy how good of a preacher he is today sometime or tell him something he's done good. And they're like, okay, mama, okay, we will. And so, but anyway, so they, they pick up on things. They are so, they, they pick up on things. I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, so we got in an argument. I think it was Monday night. And um, I believe Victoria was like, she hollered down from the steps, Mama, I love you. Daddy, I love you. Are y'all okay? And we knew it wasn't a huge fight, but they knew that we usually don't, we don't fight a whole lot, especially at night, because we don't like to go down upon our wrath. We like to um, not be arguing. But anyway, and I said, yes, Victoria, everything's great. Mom and Daddy, are, everything's fine. But she wanted that reassurance because she heard that. And that I don't want my children to grow up and be around ranting and raving and controversy, and that's all they know because then they'll think that is the normal, and it shouldn't be. So you take that away so they don't hear that. If you have controversy, that's what me and Jonathan, if we need to talk about something, we try to take it away from the children, and they have radar ears. But you try to go somewhere else. That way they don't hear because they, by example, they are watching us, and they are listening to us. So if we say words that are slang or doesn't sound that nice, then they're going to repeat them, especially the little ones. Whenever mine were little, oh, my goodness, they would repeat. Olivia was the worst about repeating stuff. She would hear something on commercial one time. Olivia, she was always just so quick to pick up on stuff like a sponge. Madeline, not so much, but I'm just giving you examples because this is all I know is my kids. But um, anyway, she would pick up and hear something one time, and then she would say it, and I'd be like, Olivia, what did you hear that from? from that TV show that they said. And it's not that it was so bad, but it just didn't sound nice from a little girl. I mean, it was it's just, you know, a slang word. So I'd say, no, let's don't say that. That's ugly. Let's don't say that. So therefore, I had to go back and think, okay, I need to be more careful what's on the television because they, we need to be example in what we watch, what we listen to, the way we act. They are mimicking us. They're watching us. But thirdly, we are to imitate, um, initiate remembrance and that's what I saw in my devotions last week and that I'd never seen before in these scriptures that is telling us that we need to put on all these things and that during the night and we, we go to bed and we wake up and that we need to remember the scriptures and teach these diligently, diligently to our children. But not only that, but we need to remember. When it goes on these scriptures in verse 10, it goes on, it talks about all these things that the Lord had done, which thou buildest not, good things that thou fillest not, wells that, the, that you diggest not, so whoever that you're being an encouragement to, whether your children or a teacher to whoever you're around, that you need to recall back to what the Lord's done for you in order to be a teacher of good things. Recall back to how the Lord, what the Lord's done in your life. It's good whenever you're discouraged or whenever you're having a hard day, look back what the Lord's done for you. Just take a look back. And then also talk about it with your children. Guess what? I'll tell, I'll tell them something. I'll just start telling them about a missionary story. This was what the Lord did for us one time when we were on the mission field. They're like, oh, the girls love hearing stories like that. Maybe stories whenever the Lord puts you together as husband and wife. I don't know. But whatever the stories are the Lord's done in your life, we all have many because the Lord's been good to all of us. If he's provided financially, I've told the girls many times different situations in, in which the Lord miraculous, miraculously provided for us financially. And so how are they going to know if we don't teach them? So take in remembrance what the Lord has done for us. Remember where you came from. Remember the past works of the Lord. Remember the past closeness with the Lord and what you are today. Remember the man of God. You know, encourage, even, encourage your children to respect the man of God and remember the different messages that the preachers preached to them calling a remembrance. Remember his word. 
All those things bring into remembrance. It's important as you're a teacher of good things that you remember back from where you were before. And with me being a teacher of good things, I remember back, try to think about where I, were, where I was before I got saved. And that I don't want to go back to that life. So I don't want to go back and that, that this is the best life. And that makes me and that encourages me to be even more a teacher. That instills in my heart that to a drive within me that I want to do more for the Lord because look what he's done for me. Therefore, it gives me another breath of air to do more to be able to teach other people. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11, verse 11 says, Beware that thou forgettest not, that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. So beware. Don't forget what he's done for you. We need to be thankful. And we need to remind others whenever being a teacher of good things. But also, fourthly, we are to be invariable with our focus. And this is so huge, I think, now. Do y'all not agree? Focus. Because comparison... So much comparison now. I don't remember being, people comparing themselves so much before, and I think it's just social media. Now, I know I've said this several time, times, but we need to be reminded that keep your eyes. I know not to be bragging or anything, but I posted, I, fa- posted, I fasted from social media in the month of August, and I really didn't get upset as much because I almost get anxious whenever I look at other people's things posting things because I would think, I need to do that. Oh, look what they're doing. And I, didn't, I don't even realize it. And I even told the girls that it was better for me. And I didn't even realize it. But after being away for a month, because I'm not really on social media, not even every day, but just staying away from it for a, month, uh, for a month made me focus on myself and not other people. Because really, does it really matter what other people are doing? You have your own home. Miss Rhonda, she has her family. I'm not Miss Rhonda. I don't have her grandchildren. I don't have, I don't have Colt. He's not my child. I can't train my children like she does Colt because I'm not her. So we have to focus on, there's so many different things like these groups now on Facebook, like a homeschooling group. What is it the deal with being a groupie now? Have y'all noticed that? Being groupies? Seriously, with moms. Have y'all seen that with moms now? And that is discouraging because you don't feel like you can own up to those entitlements. But just be who you are in the Lord. The Lord gave you your children. They need you as their mommy. And also other people that the Lord puts in contact with you. You know, you don't have to work yourself to death to be used of the Lord. You need to be faithful, read his word, and be willing every day. Give your life. I know I try to every morning I pray, Lord, I give you my life. Whatever you want me to do today, please help me to be what you want me to be each and every day. But I don't have to put in the newspaper, I want to be used of God. The Lord will open the door. And whenever he does, you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. But it's just like I was talking to Miss Cher about the different how the Lord has helped their family open doors, which she never even thought about opening. But the Lord did it because he knew their family. But, you know, I'm not Miss Shara. You know, I can't be her. She can't be me. We have to individually not compare ourselves to being a teacher of good things. How are you going to be a teacher of good things if you're trying to be like everybody else, but yet you're trying to teach your own? It's not going to work. You have to have that relationship with the Lord and and ask the Lord to speak to your heart because everybody has a different personality, and the Lord's going to use everybody in a different way. 
And that's what we need to remember is that we each have a ministry the Lord wants us to be because the body of Christ, everybody's not the toes. Everybody's not the eyes. And nobody is better than anybody else. Everybody is needed. And so whenever you're being a teacher of good things, remember not to compare yourself to anybody else because whenever you look at those babies, you are it. Don't y'all just love it whenever your children say, Mommy, or your grandchildren come up to you because you are their grand grandparent. That is your that is part of you. Because even that's not your child, that's part of you. Mama's talking about this. Because she said that whenever she first held Madeline, I mean, I don't understand because I don't have grandchildren yet. But um, she said the first time she held Madeline, she was like, It's holding part of me. And she remembers holding me. She said she looked down and she thought about holding me again because it was part of me and part of her. And so that we need to not compare ourselves to anybody else. And that's, I think that's a big thing now. And I'll just encourage you with all that's within me, don't get discouraged being on social media. And don't take too much time and waste too much time on frivolous things. That's not going to matter. That our times are so short with our kids and with our grandchildren or anything else. And even if we're not with them, we can start preparing to be with them, like reading books or listening to more preaching. You see what I'm saying? Things that's going to matter. Now, you can get good resources off Facebook. I'm not saying that in other social media, but I'm saying that not to, that shouldn't be what drives you. What should drive you is the will of God and your relationship with Him and wanting to please Him. You're not going to be a teacher of good thing if you're not wanting to please Him. You're just not. You're not because you're dry, you're in where it all comes down to with your invariable, with being your focus is if you're focused on everybody else, you're thinking about your, yourself, selfishness. How can I do this? I would like to do that. How can I be a mama like that? I would like to do that. Oh, my little girl, she would look good in that. You see what I'm saying? It goes back and looking at yourself. And so it's selfishness. And so um, and more than any time, and we're all selfish at some times. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect, but we need to remind each other each and every day that we should live for other people and that we shouldn't put ourselves first. But we are to be um, also, fifthly, we don't need to be indefinite with our love, indefinite with our love. And whenever you have multiple children, you'll see this. And that, or even one, or even with your grandchildren, they're all, you should love them all the same. And if you look in First Corinthians, of course, you know chapter 13, the love chapter, and that we should love our children unconditionally. Now, I will say that um, I know the Lord helped me with this, with discipline, because some of my kids were saying, "Why don't you discipline them as much as you, uh, as much as you do me?" Or, and that's hard, because then I say, "Well, then you, you don't disobey, and I won't. If they disobey, then I, then they'll get punished." But it's that you love your children, and I even was asked, "You don't." One of my girls said, "You don't love me as much as you do them." And that really upset me. Then I started monitoring and I started looking at myself and examining and thinking, why do they feel like that? Why do they feel like I love the other one more? Because it broke my heart. Because I didn't. Even with your grandchildren, do your grandchildren think that you love them all the same? And so that bothered me. So I talked to them and I said, why do you feel like? And they said, because you get on to me more. Then I explained to them. I showed them the word of God. I'm not going to, I wouldn't let them get by with it. I'm not going to let you. And I discipline you because I love you. That's why you're disciplined. And I explained to them, and if I didn't let you, if I didn't set boundaries for you, then I wouldn't love you.
be, because that's what the Word of God says. And out of Proverbs and that, we discipline out of love. Chastisement, that we do that because we love them. If you don't, children want boundaries. And so you, you do that for your children because you love them. And then, you know what, that helps them because they never said another thing, um, one of my girls, because then they saw that. Because you know what's so much easier? It's so much easier just to let them go. Let them be free, do whatever. That is so much easier if you think about when you would discipline children because it's so hard. It's so much work. It drains you. One of the girls, I mean, sometimes whenever I get through disciplining them, I'm just so wore out. It drains me because I don't want to have to discipline them all the time, but I can't let my guard down. I have to be consistent because I'm going to tell you, one of them, she puts me to the edge. She will test me, buddy. And if I put my guard down a little bit, she knows it. But she's learning. She's doing, I mean, they're doing better. I'm not going <laughs> to say. Which, but anyway, Miss Jan called me one day. I was talking about loving our children at this point. But she called me one day, and the Lord put it on her heart. And boy, did he ever. Because I told her to help me pray about a few things with school and that how I was trying was having bad school days. It was a whole bad month. You have bad days. Well, we was having a bad month. It was hard. And so Miss Jane called me in the spirit of the Lord. And I was weeping. I couldn't hardly speak because it was like the Lord was speaking audibly, audibly to my heart. And she was saying, she told me, she said, you can do it. She was my little cheerleader. She said, she said that with Jonathan, she said that sometimes I wanted to kill him. <laughs> and she said, but I'm thankful I didn't. And she said that I just remembered that was going to fight for my youngin, and that I was, he was being sifted as wheat, as it says in 1 Peter. And she said, I decided within myself that I was not letting Satan have him. And she said, that is what you will have to determine with your daughter, that you are going to fight and you will not give up. So she said, you're going to see how much you love them. And that, and she said, and she reaffirmed me. She said, I know you can do it. She said, I'm just giving you. And she would, she told me different instances how the Lord helped her. And I thought, I can do it. I can do a little bit more. And with that encouragement, the Lord lifted my spirits and helped me. You know what I did the next day? I went in there, did what I needed to do, discipline. And um, the Lord helped after a while. But she told me this, that with loving your children, how when you get discouraged whenever with discipline and other things. She told me this one time. She said that when you um, stop praying, she said that um, with Rebecca, she said, I prayed for Rebecca, but she said, Jonathan kept me on your knees. I don't want you to think you've got a terrible pastor. You have God, okay? I'm just using examples. You have a wonderful man of God because I live with him. He is. He's a man of God. And I respect him even as my husband and as my pastor. But she said, you know, I didn't have to. I prayed for Rebecca. But she said, Jonathan kept me on my knees. And she said, that's what you're going to have to do. She said, stay on your knees. And I can attest to this. When I let my guard down with prayer, that flesh comes up with, that, with, with them. The flesh comes up. So I have to pray it down. And it's nothing within me. But that's another thing with loving our children is that discipline, that we should love them all that we're disciplined. And also praying for our children. The older my children get, the more I see that I need to pray for them more and more. Because when they start driving, the things are going to be out of your hands. Mamas, whenever your children start driving, you'll see this. Those that have been through it, you know. 
You know, the first time Madeline drove out of the uh, driveway, I was crying because, but then the Lord spoke to my heart. It was like a peace went over me. I was bawling. I was, <laughs> I was bouncing up and down just bawling because I was thinking, there goes my baby. I've tried to hold her in my arms for so long, but the Lord spoke to my heart and said, but I've got her now. And that's so true because he does. And that's when we need to walk in the Spirit and have a relationship with the Lord and know and trust because he is worthy to trust. And so when we're loving our children, we have to love them enough to spend that time in prayer and fast. I have fasted some days whenever I knew different things was going on in their, my children's minds and different things they were going through, whether with friends or boyfriends or whatever, you know, because it was important to them. And so just to love your children unconditionally at all times. Look at the master, and like Doc said, John chapter 13, how much he loved that he would um, be a servant. And so that we need to remember that we're loving our children, even to be their servant and to be the mother that we need to be for them. And also being a teacher of, the other good, of good things with other people, to be a servant to other people, to do what we need to do, to be a help and a blessing to them. But um, lastly, we should be inquiring from the Lord, searching for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, lay master of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. Proverbs 18, 15, it says, The heart of the prudent giveth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. So it's good, I mean, to have you seek the Lord and ask the Lord. I do ask the Lord, give me wisdom, because wisdom is of God. Wisdom does not come naturally to us in the flesh. It comes from God. Wisdom, it says in, in James that it comes from God. So I'll ask the Lord, give me wisdom. Give Jonathan and I wisdom. Jonathan, as the leader in our home, give him wisdom to know what to do. To be a teacher of good things, we need to ask and inquire of God and to search for wisdom, and that wisdom comes from the Lord. And then also inquire of other people. The Lord puts godly people in your life, just like I went to Miss Jen, because she has been through those things. There's some things I've not been through. That's why I'm hoping that these podcasts, that it will be a blessing to you ladies because there's some things that I've not went through that I want to be able to help all of us to get through these things, like that ruined teenagers. I've listened to that several times. It's a blessing to me because she, Miss Rice, has been through it. Therefore, she could help me. Miss Jan was, help, was a help to me because she had been through those things. But in conclusion, are you weary in teaching? Does that wear you out talking about all these things we need to do as being a teacher? Because... Honestly, have any of you felt at the end of your day, I'm just tired of teaching when you have multiple children, especially, I can imagine, Miss Cher. But after homeschooling all day, and then just like today with Victoria, just an example, they were mowing outside the yard where Ricky was out there uh, mowing, Cass Stevens, and I was telling Victoria how he's on my prayer list, and I told her this is why we're praying for him. And I started telling about how he's sick and the different things that he's having to battle, and I said, now you remember what he looks like. Now you need to pray for him. And then she'll say, and she was just sitting there staring. I said, well, you don't have to stare, Victoria. But she said, oh, mama, she said, and, and Victoria will. I love to hear her pray because she will remember prayer requests, and she, she enjoys praying for people. And so I said, See, so then, in other words, what I'm trying to say is I was teaching her then that you need to be mindful. You need to pray for, need to pray for them. You know, mommy's mentioned him. That's who I'm talking about. We need to pray for him. And so it's a constant thing whether it be chores or teaching that way, but more than anything is spiritual things. I try to, each and every time I can take advantage, even when I'm driving down the road, I, I realize the older my children get, the less time I talk to other people. I don't have time because I feel like I'm always teaching my children. If they're around, I feel like I need to teach. And it wears you out. By the end of the day, you're like exhausted. But you know what you can do? Even though you're tired at the end of the day, you can pray and get that fulfillment from the Lord and wake up because guess what? 
Lord's a new day, and he'll help you tomorrow. Every day is a fresh day. He can help you every day. So you know whenever the preacher was talking about walking in the flesh, and the main thing I could say is that every day you need to walk in the spirit, not the flesh, because that is what's going to help you. When you wake up in the morning and you're discouraged and you're down, you ask the Lord to, to help you and to walk in the spirit, not to feel the, uh, the, the lust there of the flesh. That's what it talks about in Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to go over that, ch- chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. That those, talks about, those, those scriptures talks about that. But are we willing to be teachers of good things? Are we willing to, be, to put ourselves down ourselves and not be selfish and fight? Are we willing to do that? Because whenever you're a teacher, you're not putting yourself before them because you're teaching others. Are you willing to do that? Am I willing to do that? We need to remember that's why I want to encourage you. None of us, some days I, don't, I get so ill and I'm like, just leave me on. I need my peace. Okay, we're all human. But we need to remember every day to put on Christ and that we have to remember what responsibility we have, what a great responsibility we have in front of us. And even if you don't think that you're much in the Lord's eyes, if you have anybody that you're a teacher of good things to, a teacher to, you do have a huge responsibility. And you have a lot before, before you, all of us do. And that you can do it in the Lord. You can do it. He's good and he is faithful. He can help 